This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I got a show for you today here on Voice of Change. It is myself, Lauren Jacobs, and welcome to Cape Pulpit. If you have been with us for most of the afternoon, I hope that you've been having a blessed, wonderful afternoon. And like I say, I have quite a show for you today because today I want us to go to a place where we encounter God within how we see our bodies. You know, body image is a spiritual issue and it is something that we don't often talk about from maybe the pulpit or within our circles, within our spiritual circles, within our faith communities. But how we see our bodies and particularly how women see their bodies is really fashioned, shaped and formed by society. And often the culture around us dominates and dictates how we need to see ourselves. And that's not how God wants us to see ourselves, not how he wants us to observe our bodies it's not how he wants us to find our identity and what we look like or what the world or the culture dictates us how social media wants us to look or how the runway or the print wants us to be seen and today on the show I'm joined by a woman who is an incredible human being she was also a model and an actress for 10 years until she left that industry when she became a mom and her name is Amanda Cunningham now Amanda actually like I said was a print and runway model for over a decade until she became a mom and then she spun into an early life identity crisis where she was later stunned to find her true identity in Christ and today she's a writer she's a speaker she's a wife of a fire chief she's a mother to two girls and she has an incredible heart for women for loving God greatly for working in her local church and she is actually currently working on a book about finding our worth in Jesus and not in our appearance. Amanda knows what it's like to be defined by the world, to be formed by the runway stage and your body as your body as your product and so today on the show she's going to be sharing with us her testimony and really just we're going to be talking about how deep body image is and how deep this issue goes and how to be set free from that to find your true identity in Jesus Christ so I cannot wait for her to join me after this song so enjoy some music and Amanda's with me after this. I have such a special person with me today all the way from Texas in the United States joining me to be sharing a bit about her journey journey, all these incredible lessons that she has learned, but also sharing with us some much needed truth into how deeply of a spiritual issue body image really, really is. It's a deeply spiritual issue, one that we actually don't tackle from that perspective. And before we get into that, Amanda, it is so good to have you with me today. Thank you for joining me. And I'm really looking forward to spending the next hour with you and also just to be hearing your story and not only your story but what you can empower and impart to those who are listening today so welcome to the show thank you so much i'm incredibly grateful to be able to connect with you and all of your listeners across the globe Um, i'm so far away but i feel so close now and i'm i'm really just incredibly grateful that god has um, transformed me 
and what he's taught me about my body and um, his word in relation to that. So I'm, I'm so excited to be able to share that with y'all. And I, I just hope that it's helpful and encouraging. Mm, I truly believe that it will be. And as you said, all over the globe, because I know that there'll be so many people listening to us live now and then later on the podcast. And so I think there's no better time of year for us to talk about body image as well as at the beginning of the year. Okay. Body image is something that we deal with throughout the year. But right now I'm seeing a lot of probably you've seen it as well. And people who are listening to us have seen those advertisements that start coming out, the advertising of getting to the gym or take this, you know, psychology, diet, culture, whole thing, and will transform your mind into how you should be eating. And you want to get your best body and you've got to have it before you get onto the beach, you know, and here in South Africa, it's obviously summertime. So people are getting out onto the beach and feeling the pressure. And just recently, I was talking to someone who was in their 60s and and this individual was saying to me, oh, before I go to the beach, I have to do intermittent fasting and I have to really get my body to a certain size so that I can get onto the beach. And I was, I was, I was caught struck really because I was thinking, I'm speaking to someone who's in their 60s. So I kind of thought that when you get older, it would, it would naturally, this body <laughs> image reality would go away, right? But it doesn't. It, does. it doesn't. And, and I was thinking, Wow, this is important for us to be talking about. Now, you were a model for a very long time, for 10 years. You were a professional print and runway model. And then obviously you journeyed out of that. But tell us a bit about the beginning, you know, being this runway model as well as a, a print model and having all the perks that go with that and it being a kind of a job or a career choice that a lot of people want to go to. A lot of women are entering pageants as well, and it's become a big thing in the hope to get to become a print model afterwards or runway. Tell us a bit about that. Okay. So I never really grew up dreaming about being a model. Um, it was an idea that was suggested to me by strangers and by friends of the family, because I was tall and super, super skinny. Um, it was kind of shared amongst the family. I was just known as someone who ate like a bird and who looked like a pencil. And so sometimes people would approach us and um, say, Hey, your daughter should really get into modeling. I'm an agent. And just over the years, um, it really didn't make me feel excited. It made me feel a bit uncomfortable when people approached me so young because I'm just a young girl. I'm 10 and I'm at a swimming pool in the summer and I'm not thinking about adults looking at my body and analyzing it. So once mm. I was aware that that was happening, it it irked me inside. It made me feel a bit uncomfortable and made me aware of my body in a way that uh, just kind of took away some innocence. But I didn't think much of it because it wasn't a topic of conversation until later on in high school, my boyfriend decided he was going to get into modeling. And it brought about a sense of fear that well, how are we going to stay together if he's going to go have this exciting life and be around beautiful girls? And how am I going to keep him as my boyfriend? And people have always said, I should model. Well, I will get into it as well. So we both just took the plunge and started to meet with agents and try and get represented and try and start working at the same time. So mm -hmm. I thought that was creating the safeguard in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, so I basically got into modeling also because I found out how much they make. 
So mm-hmm. I didn't know as, as high school is ending and I'm thinking about who am I? What am I going to do? Am I going to go to college? Where am I going to work? Uh, I didn't really have a clear vision or path. And so I found out that at the time when I started, and this is U.S. dollars, but um, uh, I could make, you know, $80 in an hour uh, doing mm-hmm. runway. Whereas if I'm working in fast food or any entry-level job, I would make maybe $8 an hour. Yeah. So it was a good bang for my book. And so I thought, okay, I can sacrifice uh, maybe some of my college years uh, because that's what it entails. And I'll explain that in a minute mm-hmm. to make the most amount of money I could in the shortest amount of time. So why I say I would have to sacrifice com- some college years is modeling is geared towards younger women mm-hmm. and Teenage girls is really about 13, 14 is when they want women to uh, girls to enter into the industry because what what ends up happening is uh, in these images on the runway in magazines, we're really dressing up young girls to look like older women because mm-hmm. not as many women, once they hit puberty, once they, you know, um, leave their parents' home and start living their own lives, they they don't stay that very small childlike size. Hmm. And in the industry, it just is easier financially for clients, uh, for for designers to travel with a sample size of clothing. They have a small size. And if you don't fit into it, you you can't work for them. But Hmm. the reason why they do that is, number one, if you your own body is very, very thin and doesn't have a lot of curves, you can make any cut of clothing, any type of clothing. Um, you can make the clothing really stand out. But let's say like I, I am now, I have gained much weight since I modeled. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm a little bit top heavy. So a lot of my weight goes to my waist. So the really thin waisted skirts or corsets, those things, my body would kind of distract from the lines of the outfit. So mm-hmm. that is basically why uh, they go for younger models to enter and really hold up the whole industry are these young girls, teenagers, and then early 20s. So if I was going to pursue modeling, I would have to spend a lot of my time invested in that industry. And I wouldn't be able to make it to class and Mm. show up on time for tests and all those things that I wanted to do. So I decided to make the sacrifice. What I didn't realize I was doing was in those formative years, I was allowing the modeling industry to teach me about what's important about me um, what my value is. And so I didn't really develop my own ideas of who I am, what makes me great. And I wasn't a Christian at all. So I wasn't being discipled um, by God to know what he says, um, the value that he has placed in every person, every, mm. every man and woman on earth was created in his image. And I didn't know that. Mm. Well, you know, thinking about it, it it is, uh, I can totally understand, because that is a lot of money, even if you exchange it here into South Africa, like the dollars worth 18 rand now. So that's a lot of money per hour. So it's completely understandable why anybody would go, that is kind of what I want to be making instead of going to work in a fast food place, right? It's that it's that lure of of that. But again, it's then you said something that is so important was that the modeling industry was telling you really about who you were and just 
that was that the identity and the image that you were being formed into. And so obviously doing modeling and everything that went with it, uh, you know, it probably was something that eventually we know that you stepped out of it. And I want to hear a bit about that because that must have been a big decision, you know, wanting to, okay, I'm stepping out of it now. I've been doing this for 10 years, which is quite a long time. A decade is a long time to be in an industry specifically like modeling, because just like you were sharing with us as well, you know, they look for someone that's a certain age, it's a certain size, you've got to keep on being a certain size, keep on looking a certain way. And that takes a lot of, I think, dedication and <laughs> not only yeah. dedication, but a lot from your, from you and your mind and your emotions. So when you stepped out of it, why did you step out of modeling? And what did you suddenly come face to face with when you were not doing that anymore? Great questions. So uh, being in modeling in those years, what I did was make the choice, which I already explained, to not get a college education, to not start pursuing a a career. Um, Modeling is honestly, if you are tall or thin or whatever the measurements are that you need to make, that's about it. I mean, if if Mm. they say you're in, you're in. You don't have to um, study uh, chemistry for four years or agriculture, you know. So it's pretty easy just to walk down the runway and smile. So it was just the ease of getting into it. However, it's, it's very, um, I wouldn't say hard to get out. It's scary. And I felt trapped in it because you feel like you've missed all these other opportunities, all these other avenues. And if I don't stay the size and I lose my job, what will I do then? Mm. It's pretty difficult to want to, you know, pursue a career in another industry and say, Hi, yes. So my skills are that I wear sweaters really well. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what? That's not a great um, work experience history. <laughs> but what ended up happening, so, um, and there's a great underlying story of how God was pursuing me, but I made a, a long, long string of terrible decisions. And I wasn't, I didn't know him. I wasn't living life according to him. So the relationship that I had in high school, we ended up getting married and divorced two years later because I was just completely living outside of God's design for everything. Mm. In that divorce, I became very depressed and I started leaning on food just mm. to comfort me through all of that pain and grief. And I started gaining weight, which meant I was losing clients, which meant I was living off debt. And um, I ended up hitting such a low point where I actually stopped eating so much that, and that was just another, another unhealthy way to cope with just this emptiness inside that I had. That was really uh, the place that, that God had intended to fill me up, but I didn't know that at the time. So I ended up losing a lot of weight quickly just from being so depressed and not eating that I was able to get back to work. And it's a good thing because now I was single, didn't have a formal education and I This was my only way to make money. So I had to get back to work. And in that, I ended up meeting my current husband. And uh, we got married a few years after that. I still continued modeling. And that's that's just who I was. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know where it would lead. At about 25, most women fall off the, the modeling scene. They, they leave the industry just because of age. You know, you're not as, you're not as successful financially. You're not as book, booked as much. And um, a lot of women like I did end up having children. So 
the, the man I'm married to now, his name is Philip. And after we got married, I got pregnant with my first child and I had watched other models, you know, have a baby and, and bounce right back to work and mm. they were thin and fit again. And so I just thought, okay, well, I can do that too. But what ended up happening was I, I did, wasn't one of those pretty pregnant people. <laughs> there are those people that are just, yeah. they yes. love being pregnant yeah. and they glow and they, but no, that was not me at all. I was like pale in the face. I'm, I'm addicted to Oreos. I'm lounging on the couch. <laughs> my stomach's upset. Like I just turned into a very miserable person, <laughs> even though, you know, this wonderful life was growing in my, in, in me. So it was a, a very strange time. So when I, when I wasn't looking great, you know, I stopped working. So I'm at home by myself. I'm isolated. And I'm just thinking, oh, now I could eat. I mean, surely that's what all these other models did, right? They were able to eat while they were pregnant and then the weight kind of fell off or they worked it off and got back to work. Mm. And so I just started eating, eating, eating because I had not faced just the amount of eating disorders or disordered eating that I had taken on. All of these habits that are so standard in the industry are not healthy and not normal for people Mm. who are not living off of their looks. So I just started eating a lot. I gained a lot of weight. And once I had my daughter and it was time to go back to work, I honestly really enjoyed eating and not being worried Mm -hmm. about my appearance all the time. Mm -hmm. And I wrestled with going back. uh, And I remember thinking, how am I even supposed to go from like all of these dirty diapers to these bright stage lights? Like Mm -hmm. I can't reconcile the two, but something was stirring in me too. I remember rocking my oldest Charlotte and, and Claudia. Cause I wrestled with um, leaning into my faith for a few years after I became a mom, but I remember rocking them and looking at both of their just little tiny hands and their eyes. And just thinking, I think there's something to this God. Look mm. at this life, this life. And I didn't, I didn't do anything so wonderful to deserve this. I mean, I was intimate with my husband and then I ate burgers for nine months and I had to get a child. Mm. And um, so in that becoming a mom, I just made the decision that I'm just not willing to do what it would take. I'm not willing to starve myself to get down to the size I need to get back to work. And we were in the financial situation. My husband is a firefighter uh, that we were able for me to stop modeling. Mm. And that is when I hit the biggest, just an identity crisis, really. It was a crisis of not knowing who I am, what I have to offer this world. Meanwhile, I'm I'm experiencing all the things I had dreamed of my whole life. I was married to a loving husband. We had a safe home and I have two new daughters. And, And why wouldn't I be happy? But I was completely lost and honestly, another level of depressed. Mm. Wow, you know, we're going to take a quick song break right there because I feel, Amanda, like you've led us to such an important point of your story. And now everyone's like, kind of like, because I was sitting, I'm sitting here as well, being like, okay, what's happening? What's going to happen? What's going to happen with this story? What's going to happen in a journey? And, and this is this is so perfect. Like, you're such a great storyteller. You've led us to this oh. point. And we're going to take a quick music break. But if you're like me and you, you're listening and you're leaning in <laughs> across that, that couch and you're going, oh my gosh, I need to know what's going to happen. Well, what did Amanda learn and how has she made this journey? How she made this, you know, this junction? 
in her life? Well, you have to wait till after the music. So enjoy it. But don't worry, she's still with me after this. It's Voice of Change with myself, Lauren Jacobs. And today I'm joined by Amanda Cunningham. And we've been talking about her story, her journey. And she's been sharing with us her journey of being a model. Now, coming out of that industry, having these two beautiful daughters, which I love that she shared but then also realizing, you know what, there's a, there's a, a greater identity here that's, that I need to find. And Amanda, I'd love for you to share with us, you know, like you said before we went to the music, looking at these beautiful baby girls, you know, not at the same time, obviously, because we know they're not twins, right? But just throughout your journey of, of having them and then coming to that place where you're realizing, actually, maybe I've lost myself and I don't actually realize who I am, who actually am I. So what was, what was that journey to really discover yourself? Because right at the beginning, you were saying as well that your whole identity was just formed in the modeling industry. And you must have heard so many messages, whether they were actually spoken to you or just expected from you, just implied, or just, you know, this is just how it is without it being kind of spoken those things you will take on board. And I'm sure people listening can connect with that as well. We take on board messages about who we are and they come from sometimes our parents, our grandparents. And when it comes to our body image, sometimes it is our parents or our grandparents as well that have said stuff to us. You know, are you, wow, you're looking really overweight or, oh, you're so thin. And we hear that. I kind of would like to say, and I know that it probably wouldn't sit well with some people, but I did find that the older generation, like specifically a very, the baby boomer generation, because I'm a millennial. So it's the, obviously my parents' generation uh, was very much obsessed with diet culture. So there's not a time, and I've spoken to my girlfriends, we, we remember our parents, our moms, not being on a diet. It was their culture too that they were always on a diet. And so when you were being raised, there were comments made about don't eat so much or don't have a second plate of food or, you know, don't go back for seconds or you, you know, all of these things. And now we grow up with that on us. Obviously, you are in an industry where there's all those messages as well. So whether it's our industry or our families, maybe even you listening today and you maybe you have a, a husband. Or, or a wife who makes comments about your body or your weight. It, it is a message that you receive about yourself and it becomes part of who you are. So Amanda, how did you, how did you journey to begin to realize there's actually a greater truth about identity than what you were hearing and what you had internalized? Hmm. Well, what I love about the Lord is he allows us sometimes to make decisions that will always um, remind us of how great he is. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I didn't know him, but I had heard of him. And I, I know that he allowed me to go into modeling, knowing that I would come out of it and turn to him. But one of, one of the things, and there were so many things I had to unlearn when I finally did decide uh, to believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior is uh, one of the things that I was taught so often from the moment you step in the industry is that your body is your product. Mm. And I know that most people can't maybe relate to that. If you haven't modeled, then that's not something mm. you're taught. But I do think those messages go straight through 
uh, models and actors on screen and magazines and come right onto everyone else. I mean, mm. we're all consuming these lies. And so act in actuality, in the business of modeling, yes, your body is your product. And if you want to work, you have to look a certain way to attract clients. But what that translates into the, the general population is that, that there is a power around our appearance. And if we can upkeep our appearance, then we just inherit this power over others. And we're all part of this and we've inherited it. I, I believe that it is definitely a generational issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that we just believe that the pretty people, the fit people, the active people, the capable people, they have power over everyone else. And I mean, the ground is level at the cross. So mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus obviously flips every script. And I just, I needed because my my career was so body focused that is one of the places god met me and just transformed my thinking so what ended up happening after um we had our two daughters two years apart we wanted to build a home in uh in a different city closer to my husband's work so we ended up moving across uh town about you know an hour away and when we moved to this new town some of the firefighters my husband's are his friends with invited us to this new church and we had explored going to church and my husband grew up a little bit in the church when he was younger. And so he just decided, Hey, I think we need to go and let our girls decide what they believe about God, no matter what we think or where we are, let's just go. And he's, you know, part of us and our selfishness, we're thinking <laughs> our church had has childcare. So it would just be free babysitting, <laughs> uh, have a couple hours <laughs> off, you know, with two little kids yeah. at home. It was, there were lots of perks there. And, you know, um, there's another whole story to this, that since I had been divorced, he'd been divorced twice, that we actually weren't great at marriage. And of course, right after we started attending church, they do this entire series on fixing your marriage. And uh, it was just like God speaking directly to uh, how we were raising our kids and how we were caring for each other. We were very convicted. We ended up going into this marriage ministry they launched. We go through the whole program. And when I entered, I thought, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to hear what they have to say about fixing my marriage and any of the scripture they talk about. I'll just like scoot that to the side. Cause that doesn't, I don't really believe in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't know that they were going to be teaching us the gospel mm. and teaching us about uh, God and why Jesus came and the Holy spirit and all of these things. And so my husband and I both ended up giving, well, he came back to the faith and I gave my life to Christ in this marriage ministry and just, completely changed everything. I'm immediately, you know, realizing that I had such low view of myself and low value in myself because when I left modeling, I didn't have an income anymore. I didn't Mm -hmm. have what I thought was a purpose anymore. I lost all of my friends and my social life and my status. And what I thought was the superior person, like this successful person. Mm. But what what I found out when I started to read scripture was that we get our, our worth and our value through Jesus's sacrifice. And that is what we have inherited. And all of us have inherited it. Our God does not show partiality to anyone. And, and so over the, over time, I, you know, in, in having a new mom body, right. I know a lot of women struggle with that and looking in the mirror, it's like, I don't even recognize myself. So I was constantly trying to like, 
turn the clock back. If I could just look how I used to, if I could just work out more. And that is such a lie of the enemy because God comes, Jesus came to renew us, Mm. not to turn back the clock to what we thought we were great at at six Mm. years ago. Um, He came to restore us to his image in us, not what we want ourselves to look like on the outside. Mm. And so he just started teaching me. And when it really came to a head was when my daughters both hit about adolescence and they started to struggle with their own bodies. And I thought, okay, I am going to have to come to term with this. How am I going to raise two girls to be confident in Christ when we're all still wrestling with our flesh? Mm. So that's, that's really where it all came to head and where God just started pressing into me um, the importance of knowing, and and this isn't taught uh, much in the church here in the U S I don't know, um, how y'all experience it in South Africa, but what I've come to learn is what we think about our bodies matters because it reflects what we believe about what Jesus did with his. Mm. If we really believe that Jesus sacrificing his body and his life for us and, and making the atonement for our sins and, pouring out his grace on us as a free gift. If we really believe those things, then we want to follow him and, and live our lives for his purposes and not just to look better or yeah. you know, have power from our appearance. Our power, power comes from the Holy spirit. Mm. Well, you know, again, this is something that we don't learn about here either. It's not something that I finally spoken about. And like we started off with saying that, you know, body image and how we see our bodies, how we perceive ourselves, it's a deeply spiritual issue. And it's something that we all struggle with. And I remember, even though I never had like maybe body image struggles that that were very intense for me growing up i do remember that that uh you know family members of mine would watch miss universe you know or miss world pageants you know you, you just grew up watching them like people just watch them we still watch them people still watch them today uh, but i remember as a young girl thinking that uh you know when i used to watch it no one said it to me but it was what i was seeing that said to me, well, I'm not tall because I'm like five foot three and I'm, and I'm not a certain way. So that isn't for me. It's not the world that I can inhabit. Yeah. You know, it's, this is, you kind of always see yourself as separate from that, which is why I'm not yeah. a big, big uh, believer in beauty pageants because it does form you in a certain way and teach you certain things. And I remember as being a young girl thinking, well, you know, I don't look a certain way, so I can't have certain things. No one told me that. It was never as though someone spoke it into my ear. It was this message that I heard through what I was seeing and witnessing. And it is so true that we have to have our identity formed in Christ. And I love how you said, how did he use his body? When we look in the scriptures, that should be something that we ask ourselves. And what is it that is, what are the messages that we've taken onto ourselves, wherever they've come from, that tell us that we are not enough or that we need to look a certain way? Amanda, do you see things changing in the world? Like we have a lot of talk today about body confidence, body positivity, and I love that. I love that women are stepping up and stepping out. And uh, here in South Africa, we have a lot of women who have who are in the modeling industry now who have to 
different color skins. Uh, you know, usually we would have, you know, for many years, we people that looked a certain way and that had a different, uh, like a skin disorder or something, they were kind of pushed aside. You could never be a model, or definitely not in a magazine. Today, that is changing. We also have women who are normal size women. I'm still doing like that the industry calls in plus size women because generally they're normal size women that are like everybody. But we have this industry that's kind of changing. Do you have kind of this hope that things are changing and that we are beginning to see this change happen? And even though it's going to take time, it, it it kind of does feel like at least women and men and some in the industry are speaking up to change it. Yes, I, there's great hope. I do feel like this generation that is coming up really values authenticity, authenticity and being real. And so now we have images um, Target is super popular in the U.S. Mm. And we you can walk into any Target and see images on the walls of women with different skin colors, different hair types, different sizes. No mm. one is trying to fit into that zero to, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed uh, pattern as much anymore. What I do think we need to do, especially as Christians, I mean, we are called to be set apart and so what has really convicted me when I was transitioning from being literally of this world where image is everything to this, um, to Christianity where we are made in his image. Um, as I was transitioning, it was really just convicting to me that, wow, I'm still caught up in the world. If I'm obsessing over my cellulite or, mm. you know, how my, my dress size, if now, if it comes to our health and our health is at risk, I think that is where John 10, 10 comes into it, where mm. the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And God came that we may have life and have it to the full. So if we are stewarding our body in a way that is causing ourselves harm, you know, um, things that are preventable and we do need to be good stewards of our body, but not for the sake of vanity. I mean, God gave mm. us so many, so many verses about the Pharisees and how they were all about appearance. And so for me, it's, we know we have to be set apart. And so what we have to acknowledge as Christians and to speak back gently in truth and love to the culture is that we know Nothing about our physical appearance will ever disqualify us from salvation and love mm. in God, from God. There's not one, we could have a missing limb. We could yeah. have a skin disease, you know, have leprosy, have terminal cancer. And none of those things disqualify us from our inheritance in the mm. Lord. And so I think if we walk in that and, you know, you know, pageants and modeling, it, it makes me think of Esther a lot and just mm. how many beauty regimens she's put through, right? Just yeah. over and over and months and months because she has to be beautiful enough for the king. But that actually isn't the, her purpose was to be beautiful. Mm. God was putting her through this test um, and all of these trials because for such a time as this, she was going to save others. Her body was a living sacrifice mm. for an entire her race of people. And so God was using her appearance to fulfill her purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that in the culture, they don't understand if you blend in and you're anonymous, you can minister and, and live on mission in ways 
that obvious people who stand out cannot, they can't blend. They can't go into places where others cannot based on their appearance. And I think about Rachel and Leah and, Mm. you know, Jacob falls in love with Rachel and she's (laughs) so beautiful. And Leah has weak eyes, but what does God do? He doesn't leave Leah alone. He blesses her. He Mm. gives her children. He reassures her. He gives her purpose in life. And he personally speaks to her in a way that she knows she's loved by the Lord has nothing to do with her weak eyes. He meets her right where she is. So when I think about pageants, I think, you know, God can use our our beautiful people in, in appearance and the world standards of beauty to accomplish his purpose. But that doesn't mean that we all have to look a certain way to have a purpose in God. In fact, our looks don't have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. God looks at the heart while man looks at the outside. Mm, absolutely. Amanda, I want to say thank you so, so much for being with me. I know that we have less than a minute together and now, but you know what? It has been such a blessing to me to spend this time with you and to just be almost nurtured and encouraged by your heart and your passion and what God has led you through. So at the end of the show as well, I'm going to tell people how to connect with you on social media because you share such powerful truths. But I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. It's been such a pleasure and a privilege. You're amazing. Thank you so much for all the work you do and for giving me a voice and just for all the way you bless your listeners. And I'm so grateful uh, to connect with them. I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest. I don't know if y'all have that in South Africa. (laughs) You'd probably also find me on WhatsApp. Um, But I would just love to connect with y'all and hear more about your stories. And we can just... I am so grateful to Amanda for sharing her story with us today. But most importantly, what came through her whole story and the incredible way she shared it with us is about finding your identity in Christ, in finding your true self within who he says you are. And I don't know about you, but I know that that is a lifelong journey. It's a journey that we learn every single day. And sometimes we have to overcome hurdles, overcome obstacles, walk through valleys. And the enemy is always attacking us on who we are in Jesus Christ. He's always attacking us on our identity. And that's why we've got to have our identity firm in our Messiah. We've got to have our identity firm in him and know what we believe. Now, maybe you're listening to me today and you have that identity in place and you know Jesus is your Messiah. But maybe you're listening to me today because someone kind of sent you a quick WhatsApp and said, hey, tune into the show because I think this is going to bless you. Maybe they sent you the podcast link and maybe you don't know your identity in the Messiah yet or you don't even know him fully yet. You're struggling or maybe you're in a youth group and that's where you are and everybody seems to know where they're headed but you just feel insecure and you feel like you can't find your place and you don't know if God really loves you and what is happening in your world, what is happening around you. And you know what, I want to reach out to you today, to you that don't know your Messiah because ultimately we know that he is where we can find our true identity. Maybe you've even heard people say that and you just don't know how to get there. And I want to pray for you today. I want to just join hands with you across the spirit realm and say that, you know, God really does love you and he sent his son to die for you. And he is where you can find your true identity, your true value, your true worth. So much of who we are is often defined by not only the world around us, but sometimes by our family members. Maybe you've had family members who have said things to you, just like I said earlier on, 
to Amanda in our conversation. Sometimes it's our grandparents or our parents, our aunts, you know, the generation before us that said nasty things to us about our bodies that made us hate ourselves. And our identity got warped there. Even though we serve Jesus, we cannot find that identity because it's so warped. And I want to really encourage you today to know that God is love, but he's also freedom. And he wants to set you free from those things today. So reach out your hand to him as I pray with you. And I pray that he will do his work in your heart today. Father, I just want to pray for the blessed person that is listening to me today. That Father, they will encounter your freedom, your joy, your compassion and your passion for them, your love for them. Father, we know that you sent your only son to die for us. And we pr- I pray that we will receive that fully. And that whoever is listening today who maybe needs to come to a place to know you, that they would feel your presence even now and that they would come to that point of knowing you. I also pray for all of us as we are listening today, Father, as we are just hearing Amanda's story, that, Father, we ourselves, Father, that we would know our full identity in you. Sometimes we can be veteran believers saved 20, 30, 40 years and still be shaking in our identity because life gets hard and it gets tough. So, Father, I pray today that we will have an unshakable identity and find our unshakable worth in our Messiah today. Help us be able to be formed by who you say we are and help us be able to be formed by the fullness of your Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Bless and keep him ever is listening to me today. Bless all the listeners. And we thank you. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus, our beautiful Messiah. Amen. It has been such a blessing, blessing, blessing to be with you today. I really pray that God will continue to minister to your heart, even after Voice of Change, will continue to minister His truth, your identity, and His love to your heart. Until next week, take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.